What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Sports. I'm OK Davis here with you on this Tuesday morning, the beginning of the play-in tournament in the NBA. Going to talk a little bit about that. The Masters. I lost. I was close. I was close. Going into the final Sunday, I'll talk about what happened to my guy that ended all hope of my pick coming through. And what's already got me ticked about Major League Baseball. All that and more on Just For Sport, starting now. All right, so this weekend was, wasn't too bad, wasn't too bad. I really did enjoy watching the Masters. It was really Tigers. It was Tigers week, really. No other player mattered. No other player in all of golf mattered. Everything was all about Tiger. But Scotty Scheffler was the actual winner of the Masters. My pick was Cameron. And I thought that Cameron Smith or Cam Smith from Australia, from down under, would end up on top. And he couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done. He was leading after day one on Thursday. So I was feeling good, but I didn't want to put it out there and be like, oh yeah, Cam Smith, we're on our way. I just kind of left it alone. Friday, not so good, but I said, you know what? I'm not going to bring that up either. Saturday, I saw him kind of get back into it. But by then, it was like, it looks like it's going to be Scotty Scheffler to win it all from USA. Minus 10 to end the Masters. My guy Cam Smith ended at minus 5, a tie for third place. One hole. One hole got him. When Smith put in the water, I think it was on 12. Man, it seems like it was so long ago. And that was it. That was it. And I felt like, nah, he's not going to catch him. But that was okay. That was okay. What I really enjoyed watching was seeing Tiger not only being able to compete, but Tiger making it all the way through Sunday. I can only imagine what he was going through. You know, his body, how he was feeling. You know, I think after the first day, I felt like there was a noticeable limp. But I was saying to some friends that I felt like after he finished uh, on the 18th green, he was almost using the putter as a cane as he walked off. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you didn't know about Tiger Woods' competitive spirit, you know about it now. He wanted no parts of, oh, I'm not going to play, not 100%. He went all in. 
And I got to give it to him that that was amazing to see him compete. And he said, you know, yeah, he didn't have the greatest of tournaments. 20 shots back from Scotty Scheffler. But the fact that he made the cut, the fact that on day one, he was better than even. I just thought was amazing. And you know everybody was going to the Masters. It was the hottest ticket because you wanted to see Tiger Woods. The ovation that he got when he finished on the 18th hole on Sunday was louder than Scotty Scheffler's. It was. And for... Tiger to then also announce after that that he's going to play in the in the Open at St. Andrews. Every tournament leading up to that, I hope that Tiger waits until Wednesday to decide if he's going to play. It'll obviously increase ticket sales for all of the tournaments in between, PGA Championship in Tulsa, U.S. Open, at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Now, am I a real golfer? No. As I said before in the last show, if it was fling golf, I'm in. I'll play that. But I know that's probably like somebody scratching a chalkboard to people who are actually golfers. Actually, maybe one of these days... I'll be a, a guest on the tour junkies and we'll talk about fling golf. But in general, you know, it was great to see the tournament and the number one player in the world and Scotty Scheffler won. And, you know, I mean, for me, it was one of the players that like, yes, I don't follow golf that much. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really, I never really heard or knew much of this Scotty Scheffler or Victor Hovland or Cameron Smith, Sam Burns. There were uh, a number of players that I didn't know about going into the tournament, but now I do. And that's not just because I watch the Masters, because ordinarily I would have like one eye on the Masters and one eye, you know, on other sports. But yeah, it was really because of Tiger Woods. Tiger made me watch. Tiger made the ordinary conversation, the the people who were on the fringes of golf to want to talk about the Masters and Tiger. And it's a very special tournament. It's probably the only tournament that if you ask me, well, would you like to go to? I don't think I could turn it down. I don't think I could turn it down. But I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to go. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to go. The next topic that I wanted to get into is all about baseball. And I question 
what is happening with the Nationals. Um, I know what's happening with the Orioles. I'm learning a little bit about what's happening with the Pirates. And I know you're like, well, where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is all three of those teams, the teams that I have, obviously Orioles and Nationals more than Pirates, have a rooting interest in, could all conceivably lose 100 games this year. The season has barely started. And I already feel like these teams are just the bad. And they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. Baltimore's one and three. The Nats are one and three. The Pirates are. It's just bad. And there's almost. There's almost no hope. And to think that. The. Lack of hope. Comes from. I don't I don't know if Pittsburgh is necessarily a bad market for baseball or you think of these owners, as I mentioned in the last episode, that are constantly thinking that, oh, well, we'll just try to be like Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay's payroll is actually up there. It's actually not as bad as you may remember it from the past that they were almost always near the bottom. But Tampa Bay's at 84 million this year. The Orioles are at 40, Athletics at 49, Pirates are at 66. The Nationals are at 126, but on the steady decline. And the thought of these teams purposefully just really just not caring. Not caring at all about where their teams will be by the end of the season. If you're going by the payroll last season, the Athletics were at 82 million, they're now at 32 million. The Pirates were at 45, they're now at 38, not including some injury, there's some other salaries that are playing into that, but we're going to go on the active roster. The Orioles were at 56, now they're at 51. The Rays were at 66 last year. Now they're around 75. The Nets were 180. And they're constantly going down, down, down. It just, something has to change in baseball. 
And yet the one thing that I heard today going into or what was reported yesterday, actually, is I was going to write my topics for today is that uh, the Associated Press is reporting that the Lerner family is exploring the possibility of selling the Washington Nationals. And this is legit. Manager Davey Martinez said before the team's game in Atlanta that the principal owner, Mark Lerner, called him and told him about it and said, yeah, I think we're done. The Learners have hired a firm to find a, a team that's willing to buy them. They bought the Nats for four hundred and fifteen mil. Four, excuse me, four hundred and fifty million dollars sixteen years ago. And now they may get two billion. I actually went to the Nats that first season. I don't know if I was at the first game at RFK Stadium, but I know I have a ticket somewhere for a game in that inaugural season. And I remember being there celebrating with all of the fans when they won the World Series. But the learners, to be as rich of a family as they are, that shocks me. But then again, you know, when you think about the number of players that they were starting to let go. I'm surprised that they didn't, if they were thinking of selling, that they didn't think to keep the team together. So the value would be higher. I mean, what do you have, Juan Soto for three years? Anything else to get excited about? You certainly are not going to get excited about Steven Strasburg anymore. I just hope that whomever does end up buying the team... You know, Byron Allen was talking about maybe buying the Denver Broncos. Maybe he could buy a baseball team. Maybe he can look at that too. You know, maybe a lot. Maybe get another player involved in that. A former player that's made a lot of money. I don't know why nobody comes to mind right now. But you know, always, you know, Derek Jeter joined the Miami Marlins organization. Alex Rodriguez owns a portion of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Maybe another former athlete comes into that bid. But I think when you look at major sports, not just Major League Baseball, I think they should be looking at more minority owners. You're not going to do it with coaches. And I don't necessarily want the Rooney rule, but if there is a minority owner out there, or rather a person of color that has the means, I hope they do put their name in the hat. And I hope they do get the team. I hope they get the team. Now, one thing that I don't quite understand about baseball is I'm trying to be able to watch teams play baseball. And it's a little bit disturbing. Remember the Apple TV uh a news came out that you were going to be able to see games on Apple TV, some Major League Baseball games on Friday nights. 
what I didn't think was going to happen. But I'm sure part of it is I didn't read the stories fully. Is to think that it was going to take away from the local broadcast. And if Major League Baseball thinks, oh, okay, well, maybe we could kind of be like the NFL. And you get one team that's calling the game. That's it. And they're supposed to be impartial. You know, maybe in their mindset, it's like, look, there's 162 games. All right. So maybe over the course of the next four months, we give up. What, what would that be? A Friday night game? 16 games total over the course of the next four months? Am I saying that right? April, May, June, July, August, September. All right, five months, 20 games. So maybe it isn't that big of a deal. But it it does seem like that is, you know, if you think about basketball, yeah, you may see a game on TNT, but you still get the local broadcast. And to think that you just won't get that with baseball, I wonder for how many people that was a shock to not see the Nets. To not down the road, all of a sudden, somebody who's an Orioles fan, like, wait a minute, my game's not on. Pirates. You know? And obviously there are a lot other markets like the Dodgers, where if you're Apple TV, you're like, yeah, give me as many of these games as you can. And so I wonder what the ripple effect will be of giving a home game. I mean, it could be a way, but more about listening to your home uh, broadcast team, not being able to have them for Friday night games. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. All right, coming up, we'll talk National Basketball Association. We've got the play-in tournament starting tonight. And we'll also look ahead. I'll have my predictions for the play-in tournament. And we'll look ahead to the NBA playoffs. On the other side of the break, you're listening to Just for Sport with Jamal K. All right, welcome back to Just for Sport. Jamal K here with you. And before I get to the play-in tournament and the NBA playoffs, which I'll do my real predictions on Thursday since the last play-in game is essentially on Friday. So I'm only going to give my play-in predictions in this episode. I am annoyed by the report that came out yesterday and then it became reality that the Los Angeles Lakers are firing Frank Vogel. After a 33 and 49 season. And now the Lakers are going to plan a quote unquote methodical search for a new head coach, as it was reported on ESPN. Why should Frank Vogel take the fall? When you know good and well LeBron James. And Clutch Sports and Rob Palinka also played a big role in it. 
Now, I'm not saying they all should have been fired. No. What I'm saying is that, coupled with the injuries to Anthony Davis, I think you should have let him ride out his contract next year. This team was not built to win. They tried an experiment that was not all Frank Vogel's fault with Russell Westbrook and then signing all of these old players, or as Charles Barkley said on, was it Sunday night, calling them old geezers on the team. Why make that change? Rob Palinka, quote, today is not going to be a day for finger pointing or unwinding all the specific reasons. We just felt organizationally at the highest level it was time for a new voice. That's not to say anything against the incredible accomplishments that Frank Vogel has had. He was a great coach here. He's going to go on to be a great coach somewhere else, end quote. No, what that says is, you have Genie Buss's ear and you've been stabbing Frank Vogel in the back from the beginning. You've been making excuses and saying, oh, well, it's, it's Frank. It's all Frank. That's how I take it. Yeah, your fans expect more. You are a franchise that has won, what, 17, 18 titles? I think tied with Boston now. But the injuries to to mostly Anthony Davis, as is an injury every year with him. LeBron James was injured as well. Some of the other older players that they had on the team experienced injuries. Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony. I think it's disgusting that you can't man up and take credit for your role in it. Whether it was front office or LeBron and Clutch Sports, whatever it is, I'm actually okay with the firing. If you admit that you played a role in it too, hey, yeah, it didn't work. I remember I talked to Frank or I talked to Rob Palink. I was like, yeah, let's bring in Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying you had to keep him past next year either. But I think it was really cruddy the way you did Frank Vogel. Because it wasn't all on him. He didn't sign the players. And so realistically, in terms of hierarchy, even though I do think that Clutch Sports and LeBron James now run the NBA. Not just the Lakers, but the NBA. And you can hide behind all that. Oh, no, we don't. We do. I'm just a player. Yeah, I'm just sports management. No, come on. We know Clutch Sports and LeBron James are probably talking every day. Yo, let's think about this move. What do you think here? I'm trying to get so-and-so on the Lakers with me. I mean, after all, Anthony Davis was a Clutch Sports client. You think LeBron and Rich Paul weren't talking about that? Yo, how can we get Anthony Davis here? Come on. We're not dummies. I like kind of the power that the players have today. You know, considering the owners are making all of this money. 
Why can't the players make some of that too? Why can't the players dictate where they want to go? That's not what it's about. It's about taking accountability for what happened in LA and not having a scapegoat, not having someone to take the fall. If there is a fall, I think it's just don't re-sign a bunch of players that can't help you win. It's very top-heavy with salaries, and that, you know, puts a real hamstring on the team. I mean, I know watching TNT, they were joking about, oh, what about Mac McClung and, uh, gosh, I can't even remember his name right now. The kid who had a triple-double the other night for the Lakers. He didn't, he didn't even have a double-double before in his NBA career. He had a triple-double the other night. I don't even really care about his name. It's probably a fluke. You know, every, every once in a while you can have a great game. But I think it's just... It's just unfair. I think it's unfair. I really do. Now, you all know something else I think that's unfair? The Brooklyn Nets are playing in the play-in tournament. I mean, really? That's unfair. But it is what it is. This is where we are. And I'm here for it. I'm excited because even if it's like, yeah, but like the Nets are much better than everybody else. I think a lot of these other matchups are quite even. Cleveland's got an uphill battle. There's no doubt about that. The way that the Bulls were sliding, I feel like, man, I thought the Bulls maybe could have been the team in the play-in tournament. And Brooklyn could have slid into that sixth spot, but it wasn't to be. And now we've got Cleveland playing Brooklyn. Yeah, I just, I'm like, okay, I, good try, but I think Cleveland, this is, this is the it, this is it, this is the end, as I was mixing terms, I was going to say there. Cleveland's got to play at Brooklyn. That's a win for Brooklyn. They'll move on. And a loser will have to play the winner of the Hornets-Hawks. I think the Hawks will win that game. Then it'll be Hawks-Cleveland. That game, I think, is a little bit more of a toss-up. But I'm leaning more towards the Hawks in that game.
I think that the Nets and Hawks will advance into the playoffs on the Eastern Conference side. And then in the West, we've got the Clippers at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves aren't playing so well of late. I think we're going to call him play NP on the Clippers. I see the Clippers getting this game. I think the Clippers beat the Timberwolves. And then Spurs Pelicans. I think the Pelicans win that game and play the Clippers. Well, I guess no. Wait, am I saying that right? No. If the Clippers win, they advance. So it doesn't matter. Clippers move on. It's kind of confusing, but I am excited by it. And then we've got Pelican Spurs. I think Pelicans win that game at home. And then I think the Pelicans beat the Timberwolves in advance to the playoffs. That's it. That is how I think this plays out. And then when you look at the playoff schedule, I'll get into that later. I'll get into that into the next episode, but I do think that the Clippers can give Memphis a run for their money. I do think that. Um, I think Phoenix, Phoenix will run the table. On uh, the Pelicans, but nice run. Nice run. Man, Boston, watch out. You did not want Brooklyn. And in my mind, whoo, I think Brooklyn wins that game. That series, excuse me, not game. I think Brooklyn wins that series. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And then Miami gets the eighth seed. Are they worried about the Hawks? Probably not. Probably not. I feel like that's an easy that's an easy win for them. So that's what I got. And who knows, by the time by the time we get to Thursday's pod, I could be completely wrong. But my prediction is the Nets over the Cavs. They move on. Then the Cavs play the Hawks. Hawks win their game against the Hornets. And then they beat the Cavs and they advance. I think that the Clippers beat the Timberwolves. They advance into the playoffs. And then the Timberwolves have to play the Pelicans, who would beat the Spurs as a 10th seed. And I think the Pelicans advance into the playoffs. That's my picks, and I'm sticking to it. I will make my predictions later on 
for the actual playoffs. But if you're asking me to look at the odds, now that's a different story. That's a different story. The Cavs are the underdog at plus eight and a half. I think the games, that game is the one that I feel like maybe it actually won't be closer. The other games in general, the spreads are closer. But I think Brooklyn's like, no, we got to show we're for real. So I'll take Brooklyn at minus eight and a half. I'll take the Clippers at plus three. I think Hornets, Hawks. I think that's going to be a closer. uh, Is that going to be a closer game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a closer game. I'll take the Hornets at plus four and a half. And I think Spurs, Pelicans will be close too. So I'll take the Spurs at plus five. I mean, that's a lot. I'm taking a lot. A lot of the underdogs. What am I doing? I mean, is it just like wishful thinking that I want these games to be closer than they are? I think that's kind of what it's like. That's kind of how I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I... Yeah, I, I think that's what that's that's my play there. And I think that's I think that's a good one. Take the underdogs. Underdog Clippers, underdog Hornets, underdog Spurs. And you can take the favorite Brooklyn Nets at minus eight and a half. Those are my picks. Those are my picks. And I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this play-in tournament. Now, the last thing I want to talk about with the NBA is this amazing story of this bonus. Bucks guard Drew Holiday earns 255K for eight seconds of playing time. Now you've heard about players being sat so they didn't reach their roster bonus. Well, this is the opposite of that. And I imagine to an extent, sometimes this happens more often than not. But uh, per Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press, Drew Holiday's eight-second appearance in Sunday's game triggered this bonus for playing 67 games. And I think that's great that Mike Budenholzer knew that this was something that was at stake for Drew. And he gave him the opportunity to do it. I think the trade for Drew Holiday from the Pelicans to the Bucks, they won an NBA championship. I think it is, I'm sure the amount of money they've made for winning the NBA championship, 255K, was not that big a deal to them. And that's a real, real feel-good story. Real feel-good story. Real feel-good story. 
And I'm here for that too. Now, I don't want to end the show on a sad note. But I did want to talk about the passing of Dwayne Haskins. The 24-year-old quarterback who played for the two teams that I follow more than any. The Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's just sad. It is really sad. That he had to pass away the way he passed away. Um, He went to the Bullis School in the DMV. He played for Ohio State. He was drafted by the Washington football team, and I thought that was the beginning of something great. I remember talking to my family members and friends about, you know, all of the Ohio State players that were in the Washington football team organization. I thought it was going to be a good move, and it just didn't work out. So he comes to Pittsburgh. You know, I mean, granted, he didn't play much when he was in Pittsburgh. But there was a belief in someone who gave him a second chance and Mike Tomlin said, hey, I'm not going to give up on Dwayne Haskins as much as the uh, Washington football team, that's right, that's what I'm calling them, gave up on him. But, you know, yeah, it's a little murky about what happened, but bottom line is Dwayne Haskins on I-595. He was crossing a highway and got struck by a big Mack truck. And that's really sad. That's really sad for someone to lose their life at such a young age. For anybody, that's sad. I can't imagine what it's like for the parents, the teammates, family members. You know, because I feel like there's two families that are hurting here. The NFL family and Dwayne Haskins' actual family. And you saw the raw emotion from Chase Claypool the day after crying about his passing, or maybe that was the day before, actually, or the day of, excuse me. He was down in Florida working out with the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I just, is a real downer. And I can only imagine that the Steelers are going to wear a patch for Dwayne Haskins all throughout this upcoming season. You'll see a number three on their jerseys. 
it's just my condolences to the family and everyone that's hurting was not a good day and he will be missed that'll do it for just for sport I'm Jamoke we're back on Thursday ciao for now Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today.